Good morning. Morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. Have you recovered from the absolute train smash of the Friday quiz? Demoralising, eh? Demoralising. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all well. Morning, if you're listening on podcast. It's the Saturday papers. We're going to be having a little stroll through, a little flickety flick through the papers. We're doing things slightly in a back to front order this morning. Just uh, had some admin that had to be done. Um, And the Curly Cooks will be landing after this. It will be landing at 11 o'clock. Dear Nads and the girls had a fantastic first night. Uh, Loose Women Living. I know some of you guys were there. Some of I was communicating with some of you last night. That was absolutely lovely. Um, it sounded like a Harry Styles concert. It sounded crazy. Crazy madness. But um, so, yeah, so I, I, I briefly spoke to Nads this morning. Her voice was very croaky. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, but she's she's alive. She's alive and she's well. I think the stampede, she had lots and lots of admirers queuing up um, to the Portaloo, and they, they all then had a fight. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, some brilliant photos, fab, fab photos of Nads on top of Judy and everything. It looked like great fun. Um, so, yeah, wishing them luck. So, they're, obviously, they're heading to Cardiff today. Um, so, if any of you are seeing them in Cardiff, I think, Ashley, you are. Um, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Uh, selfies. Selfies, please. I'd like to see them all. Um, yeah, it'd be nice if they went to Ireland, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, uh, Southern Ireland, as opposed to, I mean, I don't know if they're doing any in Northern Ireland, are they? Um, anyway, good morning, everyone. How are we all? How are you all? Um, I'm feeling a little bit, not fluey. I've just got a bit of a cold and a bit of a head. So I've had to take a limb sip. But now I've held my coffee back for this so that we can supercharge our way through the headlines. Um, hi, Faith Goodman. Hope you're all well. I hope everyone's well. Um, as, as I say, and also tonight, scheduled, uh, I think, for six o'clock, there's a, a home time vlog landing with all the usual silliness and, and frilliness uh, that comes with it. So, um, so yeah, so shall we have a little look? So one of the big news stories that, that happened late last night, uh, this had a, hi, Jill Taylor, quiet sub. We love our quiet subs. Hope you're well. Hope you're having a, hope you have a lovely weekend, sweetie. Um, they should book to come to the Playhouse too, Russ. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, this story uh, last night, Al Fayed, the owner of Harrods, Harrods, has died. A curious statistic there, is it? 26 years after Dodie. Um, he's going to be buried next to his son. Obviously, his son um, had that brief uh, fated kind of affair or fling or involvement with uh, Princess Diana, Lady Diana, uh, and was killed in the car crash. So in a weird way, that's how our fire sort of sticks within the minds and memories of everyone. I think it's fair to say, I think I think regardless of what you think of Al Fayed himself, the man, um, I think it was, uh, as, as Nadia's father says, he, he was basically, he basically owned the largest corner shop in the country. Of course, Nadia's dad, Teddy, did a, a one-man show at the Soho Theatre many, many moons ago. Uh, ran for a week um, about the life of Al Fayad and him getting a passport. And I think if you look into Al Fayad's life and story, you can feel sort of institutional, let's say racism. It was curious, we were watching something the other day. What were we watching? I think it was, was it the American office. Um, and it was curious how right at the bottom of the pecking order of if you like races and 
and diversity and all that kind of stuff was was the Arab, the Arab sort of experience, if you like. Um, so yeah, so that's on the that's in the news everywhere. So the owner, the owner of, and, and obviously he was famously the owner or, or chief executive of Fulham Football Club too. Um, lots of the papers are running with the continuing absolute train smash of the schools crisis, schools uh, returning to lower prison, prisons, hospitals face collapse probe. Uh, I mean, you know, we're looking at we're looking at total total carnership, carnership, carnership. I just saw corner shop. Um, his corner shop was the only reason to go to London in the eighties. Um, yeah, absolutely, Harrods. I mean, I don't know what you think of Harrods. I mean, the whole Harrods sort of. Uh, the, uh, you know, the whole kind of Harrods sale and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he, he put Harrods on the map, didn't he? He certainly did. I mean, that, that, you know, the whole, I mean, I remember a bit of filming there once when there was a huge bomb scare and all sorts. Of, I mean, Harrods is now part of the London uh, sort of, you know, yeah, London sort of tourist trap, isn't it? I mean, it's utterly ludicrous when you're in there. Um, and we filmed at the Harrods food hall, didn't we? Um, for Vlogmas. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's it's an institution. It's an institution. So as I say, um, uh, lots and lots of stories in the papers today about the uh, school crisis. The fact that essentially what we've discovered for anyone who's not from this country, what we've discovered is that many many of our schools uh, have been built out of a material that's no stronger than aero bars. And an aero bar is a chocolate bar with lots of little kind of perforations or bubbles or holes in them. Um, which is a bit worrying, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit worrying to think that your children are going to be sitting in a room um, with walls that could fall down. So, uh, so that that is that is slightly concerning, uh, I, I think. Um, what have we got here? Uh, oh yeah, no. And also the Kissgate saga. This this, this rumbles. This rumbles on. Um, where are, where are we? I've got them all in the wrong order. Uh, the Kissgate saga. This kind of rumbles on the the Daily Mail uh, wanting to run with. The idea, uh, is the Kissgate soccer boss a sexist dinosaur or as some of his family claim, victim of a feminist witch hunt? Which do you think, guys? Come on, let, let's just ask the simple question. Let, let's take the Daily Mail, um, at, uh, their headline here, and, and, let, and let's roll with it. Is the Kissgate soccer boss a sexist dinosaur or as some of his family claim, victim of a feminist witch hunt? And I'm guessing the suggestion here is that if he's a sexist dinosaur, his crime isn't as, as well, I mean, interestingly, let's dig into that. Is he a sexist dinosaur? Well, or victim. So in both those instances, he's kind of excusable, isn't he? Hi, Dawny. Uh, uh, sexist dinosaur, would he have kissed a man like that? Well, interesting you should say that, Dawny. Uh, talking of kissing, Ruby uh, Rubialis issues new defence as protests erupt. Uh, Rubialis has issued a fresh defence over kissing the World Cup winning player Jenny Hermoso. Uh, he's fending off pressure to resign. He said the spontaneity and happiness of the historic moment led us to carry out a mutual and consented act, the product of great enthusiasm. At no time was there any aggression. Indeed, there was not even the slightest discomfort, but an overflowing joy in both. How does he know there was an overflowing joy in her? 
the spontaneity and happiness of the historic moment led us to carry it. I mean, we did talk about this in the week and I did float the idea out there that, you know, in the world of football, there is, there is, um, there is an enormous sort of capacity to hug, kiss, snog, you know, everyone. I mean, footballers score goals. Look at them. They're all over each other. Um, but you're right. It's the power dynamic. It's the gender dynamic here. It's the fact that he didn't do it with everyone. He didn't kiss everyone on the lips, did he? Uh, it's the fact that, that really this story for me pivots around them calling her a liar. And I think that's that's where it all started to go terribly wrong. Um, is it happy for the player whose head he has in a grip? Asks Dorney. Totally agree. Chin chin. I'm losing track of which coffee I'm drinking here. Uh, one's decaf, you'll be pleased to know. Uh, Abby Reid, did you see the UEFA boss tell England manager to be careful? Oh, it's just flown up. As the trophy was very heavy before handing it over. No, I, no, no, no. So, you know, the thing that, I, that gets me about this sort of headline is... There's the clear inference in those two choices that you've got. They both kind of, the worst one, a sexist dinosaur, is almost a kind of soft criticism. Do you know what I mean? It's a soft criticism. Now, the actual act itself, if this was taken in isolation, if he'd said sorry, God, look, I've misjudged it completely, like a rational, normal person. But God, I'm so sorry I got caught up in the moment. I totally get where you're coming from. Do, 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 do. Fair dudes. But I think there's a lot of chat. There's a lot of chat around the fact that uh, he, he, this guy has had sort of... Has he had history? I mean, he had history of grabbing his, his crutch whilst they were jumping up and down. And I think is his history, is the history of this chap, the general sort of toxic masculinity history of football in general? I don't know. All I do know is I've kissed and have been kissed by complete strangers when standing in a pub watching football. But everyone felt like everyone knew what was going on and no one sort of had a problem. Curious, this story. This story just keeps popping up. I think we're going to have uh, new The Unheard Princess Diana tapes. Princess opens up on family woes and recordings used for 1992 biography. But one of the things that's come up is that she talks about how King Charles was disappointed that Prince Harry was not a girl. So these recordings are going to be aired. So I think I think we're looking at yet more headaches for Hazza. Um, it's not getting... It's, 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 it's not getting a break, really, is he, with, with, with the news flow? So now we're going to, there's a lot's going to be made, I'd have thought, of the idea that his father wanted a girl, which it's not good, is it? It's not good. Anyone here affected by Ulez? 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 I mean, I wish they called it something that was a little bit more sort of trots off the tongue. Ulez. Um, anyone here hit by, hit by Ulez? You know, the uh, sort of um, emissions charge? That's going to affect uh, every single London borough now, if your car isn't Ulez compatible. Um, everyone's pulling the cameras down. Everyone's cutting cameras down. Ublu, uh, Harry, is the one behind the release, you reckon? Wow, okay. Uh, MeTube, own a model car. Yeah, no, it's, it, really, this is going to impact on a lot. Most people who have old cars or those people who are encouraged to have diesel cars. Um, but look, the, the the sun, interestingly, I just thought this was curious. This is the story that obviously one in four cameras have been attacked. Lots of people are taking them down. Um, and Oxford, Russ out. Yeah, I think Bristol. Is Bristol getting one too? Um, but the sun has this page here, which is curious. I th 
when I first flicked onto this page, I saw this more as a how-to. <laughs> uh, and I'm not suggesting the sun is encouraging illegal behavior, but I saw this more like a how-to disconnect a camera rather than um, this is how it's been done. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Are we going to see the sound of freedom? We really should all see it. I'm horrified after watching it and we must change things. Yes, Abby, I, 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 lots of people are getting very, very excited about this film. Um, I will be checking it out for sure. I know it's got caught up in a kind of political kind of quagmire, hasn't it, with Al Quanon or whatever that bloody weird thing is. Um, so, yeah, this is the Ulez cameras. Uh, Ulez cameras, a huge controversy in London. Lots and lots of people very up in arms. It, you know, it's felt that this charge on old cars is really yet another charge on ordinary people. Uh, Jane Grimsey, yes, affected, had to buy another car, very expensive, but we could afford, you know what I'm going to try and do? Can I, oh no, I just, I just want to see if I can do this, do I put, oh, how do I, oh there we go, yes, affected, had to buy another car, very expensive, but lucky we could afford, had a diesel that told that was told would be compliant. Look at that. Someone said, why don't we use them? Um, uh, well, let's, let's, let's do another one. Let's, let's see. Um, Anne Murray will affect many cars. And is it to boost the sale of new ones? I don't think it is. I think it's born of a genuine desire to... I'm, I'm, I think one of the problems that a lot of people have is, yes, the unaffordability of it, but also the idea... Just one second, sorry. Uh, but also the idea... It's all well and good that London itself could be sort of like tip top and brilliant and like, you know, sort of ecologically sound. But if it, if that happens, it's like if you've got a field on fire and you've got a bucket in the middle of the fire, eventually that bucket is going to sort of evaporate and be taken out too. It, you know, it, but the other argument is, is London leading by example? I mean, of course, this is causing all sorts of problems. It could be the thing that means that Labour don't win any seats at the next election. Short termism, all that sort of thing. Um, let's have a look at this one. MeTube, it's a genuine objective to improve air quality. UK air quality is very poor compared to other countries. There you go. Um, uh, Keely Wendell, my car is three years old. I cannot afford a new one. Yeah, do we like this? Do we like this popping your, your things up? Let's do this one. Uh, also, the air quality on children's health and illness being created by it shouldn't be underestimated. It's not all about climate change. Very good point. Very good point. I mean, you know, and Sadiq Khan has come out saying he will be on the right side of history. I mean, I think he's definitely going to be history. I don't think he's going to get back in uh, as mayor. But yeah, will he be on the right side of history, guys? This coffee has got hazelnut in it. What has a hazelnut in every bite? coffee. I liked it at the weekend. I'm not entirely sure if I like it today though. Um, let's have a look. One more comment here. I got my car, Cloda. I got my car in 2011. I'll drive it till it's not roadworthy. Then I'll be back on the bus. Wow. There you go. Um, oh, let me, uh, YT user says, I made my profile picture from scratch. Thanks for showing it up on the screen. There it is again. Um, so, yeah, so that's the Euler's thing. I think the sun is, I wonder if the sun there is quite sort of saying, you know, this is how you do it, guys, snip, snip. This story, I just thought, good God. I mean, we always think of stalking. We always think of jealous behaviour, coercive control, all that kind of, I don't know if we always think of it in terms of young people. I just thought, again, this is just a reminder that this kind of thing can affect anyone and everyone of any age. A husband who hid a tracking device in his wife's car to try and catch her cheating was found out when he boasted about what he'd done. 
Michael William tormented his wife Belinda over six weeks when their marriage of 28 years broke down. He tracked her journeys as she saw friends, went shopping, and even really secretly filmed her watching TV with a male friend. She's a retired head teacher and she said his sinister presence had left her feeling in a constant state of vigilance. We've talked a bit, haven't we, about tech and how tech can, you know, the monitoring capacities of tech and location devices and cameras and maps and snap maps, all this stuff means that means that people can, you know, that, that controllers, coercive controllers can can really kind of monitor you at all times. Um, and I don't know, I just saw this and I thought you wouldn't, you would look at them and you wouldn't think, God, this is a couple or this is a woman who's been stalked and controlled and chased and, oh, just, just horrendous, horrendous, horrendous. Uh, Abby Reed says, uh, another example of tech abuse. This happened to me. Oh God, Abby, I'm so sorry. Um, Toffs and Chi Chi are really good. Thank you very much. Uh, they're, they're fab. They're really good. They're just pottering about as normal. Uh, you'll see them in the No Name Sunday show tomorrow. Um, absolutely. Uh, what have we got here? Anne-Marie Shellard. Well, he sounds hideous. Poor woman. Stalking is absolutely terrifying and life-changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, lots of buttons here. My head's all over the place. Um, this is the TikTok. We're going to get to some of the light and fluffy stuff in a minute. TikTok influencer and mum jailed for life over murder of toy boy lover. Um, this is just, yeah, influencer and her mum have been jailed for life for the double murder. Uh, she murdered her mum's young lover and his friend in a high-speed car chase, um, and uh, she was uh, she was jailed uh, for life yesterday. She recruited associates to jump them after he threatened to expose his affair. Uh, the daughter had 120,000 TikTok followers and another 43,000 on Instagram, and her mum denied murdering. They were found guilty following a trial. Just shows you guys. Psychopaths don't change when they get their pensions. That's true, says Elaine Denning. Oh, you're talking about the previous guy. Horrific. Absolute horrific, isn't it? This this story. Um, I think, you know, killer TikTok star. It's interesting, isn't it? Whenever I look at a headline like this, you think, well, what's the... Obviously, the crime is just appalling. Um, but the suggestion by the judge is that her sense of social media... Um, fame, if you like, um, meant that she felt she was kind of, you know, untouchable in a sense, which of course is utterly ridiculous. You're kind of even more touchable. Um, so yeah, that's that. Now, it, Mitch McConnell uh, had another sort of moment, didn't he, this week? We didn't show it, but he had another moment where he paused for a, an enormous amount of time. It was, I think it was laid at the feet of concussion. He's experienced a concussion, hasn't he, recently? Um, and he sort of, yeah, has an ab he has these absences. Um, and I just saw this, there was just this tiny little piece in the, um, it was in the UK, Sally Hatton, yeah. Uh, the previous story. Um, and this this story is the Republican presidential candidate, Nikki Haley. I think she makes a very valid point. She says that the, uh, she says the Senate is a little bit like a nursing home. Uh, it's the most privileged nursing home in the country. Uh, and she said this after um, Mitch McConnell had this moment, this lapse. Um, and she she demanded, um, and I think she's right to demand this, that all acting leader, leaders undergo mental competency tests. Um, yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that like, OK, so Putin, let's get Putin to do a mental competency test. 
I, I think he passed a mental competency test. It doesn't mean he's not a lunatic, though, does it? But in terms of absences and an inability to actually talk or think or, I mean, God forbid, and I'm not making light of it for at all, but say Mitch McConnell had some awful scenario where he had to press a button, and you know what I'm referring to there, uh, and that moment happened for him and he paused and everyone in the room waited. It's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, good chip lollipop. I wonder if he's allowed to drive a car. Good, good point. Good point. I mean, I, you know, I think it's, and it's curious. I mean, again, not Trump defending at all here, but it's curious how there was a clamoring for testing of Trump's brain. Let's test that grey matter in that wondrously tanned head. Uh, there was a huge campaign, wasn't there, to a move to test his brain. Uh, but there hasn't been any test, uh, any demand, really, oddly, to to test Mitch's or, or, or Biden's, even though there, there seem to be many occasions when they could be tested. Um, uh, oh, yeah, well, look, Edward Bevington is kind of echoing this. Let's pop this up, Edward Bevington. How come Trump uh, has to tell you all his weight, yet Biden doesn't reveal anything? Uh, good ship lollipop, so that's quite funny. Uh, nuclear war evaded due to senility. Yeah. Um, Reese Roberts. Uh, I mean, because of the love of power and status, they are extremely reluctant to give up their positions. So they hang out to the very end, even if to the detriment affects their decision making. I agree. That's why. I just I think we need a sort of consistent kind of approach, don't we? We need some kind of consistent approach. Um, anyway, uh, right, Madonna. Come on, let's move. Let's move off this serious stuff. Let's get to. Let's get to. Let's get to some fun and some lightheartedness. Uh, Madonna, I'm back. Madonna singing again after intensive care dash. She was photographed recently on a bike in New York. She's back on her bike. That means she's having fun again. Uh, she's performing again after her intensive care dash that's revealed she's throwing herself into rehearsals for her celebrations tour. She's taking things at a slower pace since her hospital stay, uh, her friends say. Uh, let's hope, yeah, let's hope that she, you know, carries on. I mean, she's, she, you know, she, you've got to give it to her. She just, she's quite something, isn't she? She's quite something. Um uh, Gabrielle, uh, I loved Madonna when I was young. Her old songs are fab. Don't get me going. That Like a Virgin cover, I don't think I've, I, I don't think I'll ever recover from that cover. This was curious. I found this quite, I mean, whatever you think of Chris Evans, the, you know, don't forget your toothbrush, big breakfast presenter, radio DJ, etc. I never thought I'd see this about Chris Evans. Only because I know lots of people who knew him. I sort of like, we sort of hung around all the same people at a certain point. And there was no way on earth would I have ever said that this chap was going to was gonna do what, what this headline says he's done. Which is, TV, Chris, I'm sober, 90 days and feel great. And this isn't, I thought, oh, okay, so this is a Stoptober thing. Um, don't forget your toothbrush was such a good show, wasn't it? And uh, was it TFI, TFI Friday? Thank fuck it's Friday. Was that, was that a show? Um, I'm sober, 90 days of full growth, exhale racer and wife ditch alcohol. And there's a photograph of them both holding up their 90-day chips. Um, him and his, his wife, Natasha Shishmanian, a former professional golfer, have reached 90 days. And uh, they posted pictures of themselves with their Alcoholics Anonymous green chips. He said, 90 days sober feels great for so many reasons. Um, in 2015, he told the Mirror, I went to an AA lady thinking a lot of my life has been based around alcohol. I realized I hadn't stopped drinking at all for more than six days in the last 25 years. 
So, you know, even rabble rousers, even rabble rousers like, like Chris Evans can get to a point where they actually go, you know what, I need to stop. And that's no easy thing. When you've been going for as long as he's been going, that is no easy thing. Uh, so what do you think of that? I saw him once driving near his home in Godalming. Um, I like Chris, uh, who said that? Sarah Witherington. Um, Anne-Marie Shellard, I like Chris Evans. Fair play to him. Uh, what's this one here? Uh, Julie. Uh, yes, TFL's Friday. And if the band Shed 7 were on it, I was happy. Who did that song? Who was that? Oh, God, what was the name of the band? I used to love that. Brilliant show, brilliant show. Then they had to make it go 15 minutes ahead, didn't they? Because uh, Sean Ryder went on and swore, his, swore like a nutter. Big Breakfast, TFI Friday. Yeah, he he was he broke broke rules and changed telly. Did that, Chris Evans. So that's, that's good. Ocean Colours scene. Thank you very much. The mullet from hell. Yeah, the mullet is back. This woman has spent 33 years or, so, or some, some a ludicrous amount of time uh, growing her mullet. The last time Tammy, let's get another photo of her, uh, had a haircut was back on February the 9th, 1990. It's now five foot eight inches. Her mullet is the same height, curiously, as Ed Sheeran. There you go. Um, she's entered the Guinness Book of Records as the woman with the world's longest mullet. She says, I've been blessed that my hair grows. Um, and now it's the world's longest. I'm very happy with it. She's from Knoxville, Tennessee. And I just thought it was a good opportunity to have a look at some other famous mullets. She looks like Angie Bowie. Look, there's Paul Mescal, donned one. I think uh, Patrick Swayze, infamous, infamous mullet there. Chris Waddle. Quite a mullet. I mean, there was. I remember when I was a when I was young, and you would play football, and you would try and emulate the moves or the postures or the kicks and all that kind of stuff of your favourite footballers. Waddle wasn't one of my favourites because the name just suggested that he waddled, and he and he did kind of waddle. Um, I wonder if I wonder sometimes if you sort of like observe your name. Um, but when he did waddle from side to side, his hair swung with him. It it, it was quite something. Uh, and who we got there? Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus at the bottom. Uh, do you remember Chris Waddle singing that song? Yeah, Swayze wore it best, says MeTube. Pat Sharp mullet, says Anne-Marie Shellard. Uh, Anne-Marie Shellard also says, my mum had a mullet. There you go, thought I'd pop that up. Edward Bevington says, don't knock the Swayze. I, I, I increasingly like Swayze more and more. Um, care homes say robot peps help pets help residents with dementia. I looked at this and I thought, Oh, but they're not real pets. Why not have real pets? Does it matter? That's the question I want to ask. Does it matter if they're not aware that it's a real pet? Um, this is this is the story uh, of uh, various residents with dementia playing with a small menagerie of animatronic animals that were originally designed to entertain American girls aged four to eight. But they're finding um, a new home, these toys, in care homes. They purr, they meow, they bark if spoken to. Uh, the residents don't appear to believe they're real animals, but neither do they consider them toys. Some ignore them. Many engage with them, wagging their tails and what have you. Ah, oh, look, so look, Victoria Moore says, uh, some dementia patients hold dolls as if they're babies. Same things. Um, yeah, I, oh, look, yeah, no, Jackie Valino, real ones would be better. That's, that's interesting. Oh, look, me too. The uh, Japanese have you been using them for years. 
Um, Julie, oh, hang on, sorry, flying up quite a bit here. I agree with Pet Robot. I won for myself because I was so desperate for a real pet but couldn't have one. Yeah, I mean, part of me was like, oh, God, if it was my mum. I don't know. I think I'd feel really sad if I left my mum. Or if, say my mum, if you were in a care home and you had a dog or, or, or you were, you know, you were struggling and I, I left you with a an animatronic dog I, I think a part of me would feel like i'd lied to you or that i was kind of kidding you or i was leading you down the garden path but then does it matter if you're sat there grinning from ear to ear what do you think reese objectively it'd be better if they were real however with diminished personals which will resolve dementia anything that brings comfort even artificial is a good service beautifully summed up that's lovely. Easier to handle, perhaps. Ah, oh, very good point, Della Nixon. Lovely. Easier to handle, perhaps, than real pets with them. Lacking all those incredibly complex responsibilities. Uh, Dawny Harvey, great idea. Yeah, there you go, you see. Um, uh, Edward Bevington says, my mum's got the ninja, ham ninja hamster. Teddies are easier and cheaper to have, and if it brings comfort... Uh, oh, Teddy oh, says, says this, uh, Carice Rees, Teddies are easier and cheaper to have, and if it brings comfort, it's lovely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's intriguing. I, I, uh, ah, right. So, um, poor things. Venice Film Festival, big deal. Virtually no actors there because of the strikes. They can't be seen promoting films and all that kind of stuff, so not a lot happening on the red carpet. But a film, Poor Things, has been released, in which Emma Stone, apparently this is a film with lots and lots of sex. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. This is uh, directed by the guy who did The Favourite. Um, and there's a piece here just talking about, um, you know, the return of the sex scene. So this new film, Poor Things, has a lot of sex. It has masturbation in it. It has full frontal. It has all sorts of stuff going on. Um, and that image there that you've got there, I always remember being captivated by this as, as a youngster. That's a scene from Don't Look Now, in which I believe, is it Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland? Is that right? I believe they did they actually have sex i think it was a real sex scene or something like that and it kind of hit the headlines for that um what do you think of sex scenes or love scenes in films i was having this conversation with the kids the other day I, when i was young and young I, I found nothing sort of arousing about it. i just want to get past them i always found them like they always got in the way of a good plot um Reese says, Ferrari got a six-minute standing ovation. Poor thing's eight minutes. They said it's a career best. Yeah, I, I hear great things about Emma Stone. I mean, regardless of what I've just said about the fact that it's getting great reviews, this film, Poor Things. We have done a reaction to the teaser trailer. Uh, Good Ship Lollipop, uh, sex scenes are mostly unnecessary. Uh, I felt that when I was younger. Um, Jackie Valino, not necessary. Uh, Me Too, yeah, from Don't Look Now, are the infamous, did they really do it scene? Absolutely. Um... Uh, let me just show this about the previous story. Squidly do. My husband's nan had dementia. She used to cuddle baby dolls. She thought they were real babies. It gave her comfort. Didn't matter that they weren't real. There you go. I think that's it, it, what matters most is the comfort it brings. Um, Emma does life makes a really good point. It's embarrassing when you've seen it with your mum. Uh, Gabrielle says, I think sex scenes actually show actors skills quite a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, even when they're good. I mean, what? I don't know. I, I feel they need to bring something very new to the table. I mean, you know, if it's a part of the plot, I'm happy with a door shutting and then, a you know, some kind of stylistic edit to the next scene. I don't need to see it. 
But if there's obviously if there's great moments of characterization, personality, if there's something being said about sex or whatever, I mean, there's a new film out called Is It Passages, starring uh, Ben Whishaw, uh, which I think is curious. I think it's a film. I might say it this weekend. It's, it's about. I think he's in a gay partnership, but he has a, a an affair with a woman. I think. I think you don't sort of hear of that often. Um, and uh, apparently, that's quite explicit. You know, as soon as something's about, but there was that film years ago where who was it? Was it Michael Fassbinder? Or Mark Rylance, or someone who was just having sex with lots and lots of people. Reese Roberts, take on Oppenheimer as a recent example. Florence got used more like a sex relief and character arc and thorough development. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. Um, uh, Edward Bevington uh, saw a good movie where it faded out. Them looking at each other recently. Kiss implied. Wonderful. Yeah, better, better if subtle. So Steph Schultz. Leave to the imagination. Who says that? Leave to the imagination. Says uh, Lucy H. We don't need to see it. Yeah, I think you have to do something particularly funky and, and incredible. Okay, guys. Oh, ladies, is this true? Is this true? Shame. Thank you. Uh, hello, ladies. Puppy dog eyes are proven to work best on women. Do you want to see the most puppy dog eyes I think I've ever seen? I can't quite believe this photograph. Do you want to see it? Uh, Elaine Denning, what would Fatal Attraction have been without the sex scene? Ah, good point. Good point. And you could argue, what would a film like The Accused have been? Well, it's not a sex scene. It's an awful scene. But, you know, you know when, when the commentary or the film's subject matter is about perceptions of and attitudes to sex, I think it's okay. Um, seems cruel to puppies. Absolutely. Well, that could be part of this story too. Look at that. Bigger-eyed pets are seen as cuter and younger and prompt baby talk from women. Um, this isn't necessarily about whether dogs are being bred with larger eyes, though. This is about the ways in which the larger the eyes in images of dogs, the, the more women, by all accounts, fall in love. Um, that puppy looks evil. I've got to just pop that up on the screen with that low... <laughs> You wouldn't trust it, would you? You feel like he's taking something from you, don't you? If that pup, if that dog looked at you like that, you would immediately look behind yourself, wouldn't you? You'd be like, what the hell is going on? What's happening? <sighs> A bit nerve-wracking. bit nerve-wracking. AI pop singer is first to be signed by a major record label. It's happened already. Yeah, we have an AI pop star. Uh, an AI pop singer has become the first creation of its kind to secure a major record deal. The virtual entity named Nunuri has released a single uh, single called Dominoes. Uh, there they are, I guess. Royalties from the track were divided between the record company and the designer of the AI person. This new step is very exciting and such an honour, says the German designer behind the creation. AI, AI, AI singer, AI singer. Very strange. This is this is frustrating. I remember when, when our cat did a runner, we went into a bit of a tailspin. Oh, hang on, I put these in the wrong order. Let me put this here. Um, this story. Hang on one second. Uh, hi ho! Oh no! It's off to twerk. We go. Disney not happy. Apparently, I didn't realise the extent to which our friend Lee, I think, was an elf once in Blackland or something. Um, you know, these organizations and companies that employ these people to play 
princesses and what have you. You have to commit. It's a wholehearted immersion. This isn't just like stand there and kind of be dressed. I mean, when we met a princess at Disneyland, I fell into the magic of her orbit. She had a she was so alluring in a purely Disney magical way. The girls and I were captivated. Nadia was on her phone, but I was like, oh my God, this is so believable. Well, this is the story that Disney are probing leaked videos of their main characters or people in their Disneyland California, uh, Disney World California, um, getting up to all sorts of bad things. You know, they're leaving things like the head of, what is it? Um, let's have a look. So said it looks silly, but for da-da-da-da-da. Um, they, they're leaving things like costume heads in certain sort of configurations on shelves to look like they're doing naughty things. So Disney are probing over leaked videos, and they don't like the fact that some of their characters have been twerking. Pluto of my boot, mini, haha, gone quackers. Oh, just terrible. Oh, hang on. Meow nasty. Couple face, thousand pound. This is terrible. I felt so sorry for this. Desperate couple put up posters to try and find their missing cat were threatened with a thousand pound fine by council jobsworths. Workers ripped the flies off trees and telegraph poles near their home. Oh, this is so sad. They take the signs up after their nine-year-old cat, Otis, vanished. But just days later, they were removed and they were threatened with a fine. What do you think of that, guys? That's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's a bit harsh. No way. Reese Roberts, just going back to the Disney story. Look at this. I uh, don't know if you caught the story earlier in the year when it was reported some of the employee characters were purposefully ignoring or refusing to greet children of colour at Disney. Good God. Oh, bloody hell. That's just awful. Um, yes, so this story, Meow Nasty. Uh, imagine putting up... I mean, we, we ran around, we put up signs. We've since discovered that the cat just basically said, I'm out of it because we had a huge work site next door. Um, and uh, it has shacked up with a friend of uh, one of our daughters, uh, the neighbour of a friend of one of our daughters. Uh, so, yeah, no, he's very happy down there. But when we went searching, imagine being hit with a fine. Um, Danielle makes an important point, as if the council workers couldn't be doing something more productive. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, you probably just saw this flash up. Uh, sex life in a rut. I think we're probably going to have to do a how to stay married about this. Um, this is to do with a is this a new show on TV called Celebs Go Dating. I think the sex kind of therapist here says sex life in a rut, bored with your partner, but don't want to split up. Maybe try monogamish. Can such a thing exist, guys? Come on. <laughs> Can I just say I love that. I love that phrase. I've just got to pop that up, Dawny. I love that. Uh, that's bloody idiocracy at its worst. I like that. Idiocracy. Brilliant, brilliant phrase. Um, about the cat. About the cat, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, we had a cat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what do you think of this? Is that like polyamorous? It's a bit like cheating, but with your other... So if your other half says to you, if you want to, you can, and I'm happy with it, uh, and you're happy with it, and there's no strings attached, and it's not going to become a relationship... Is it a problem? Does that mean the relationship is still monogamish? I suppose that's what they're saying. Is it monogamish? What do you think? Or does it mean the relationship's over? Should you should you at the point you get to that place say, ah, mate, 
it's it's done it's done it's over oh years and years ago squiddly do um oh bless you look at that i'm gonna just pop that up that's very very sweet look my blind chai chi alfie really appreciate your announcement know, government love it want to let you know thank you very much that's very sweet of you is that like polyamorous good god no way whatever next let's pop that up so that we know what we're talking about um I'm single, but I would... Oh, let's have a look. Dawn Decker, I'm single, but if I wasn't, I would see that as a minefield. I think it becomes a minefield. I think it's like all these things. Oh, here we go. Look, Elaine Denning. I, I know a few couples who do that. Uh, Cloda, no way. I'd, I'd, I'd hate that. Um, uh, Linda Lovell, good God, no way. Whatever next. Um, Michi, compromise, share the other person. And of course, there's that phrase, compersion. I mean, if you know, if it's a, if it's a three-way relationship and you know that the other person is having fun, is it still monogamish? Um, this uh, Vicky Waiting, uh, this is like open relationships, but a lot of them do end in the breakdown of the relationships. Ultimately, that is, that is the point that needs to be made. And I think everyone sort of had, you know, there's always these kind of articles and thoughts and ideas and everyone thinks about the action and everyone thinks about the moment where perhaps you, I don't know, you go and have a fling or whatever, but no one thinks about it within the context of a life and your relationship and how the nature of that relationship struggles or suffers or, you know, deals with that. So I think, I think, you know, it's always much more compl complicated than that. Um, Alison Clay, who you didn't wish a happy birthday to yesterday. Julie, I'm sorry. Uh, we, again, comments got up so fast. Alison Clay, happy birthday for yesterday, my darling. Sorry if we missed you. Um, oh, gosh, I'm going to pop that up. Just, oh, hang on, Dawny. Uh, hang on, I'm sorry. Tiggy says, I think about the germs and STIs. Good point. Um, uh, Anne-Marie Shellard, oh shit, another word I don't know, monogamish. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, look at this, Meetup. True swingers have to really, really, really know themselves and their partners. It's true. I just don't, I don't, however much an idea, you see, my problem with articles like that is may, it might make people go, oh yeah, that might be for me. And actually you find yourself in a whole heap of hell, um, which is which is typical. Um, this is sweet. I like this story. All our animal lovers here. Feeling rough? Try the doggy paddle. Uh, this is the story of um, uh, Kevin Robinson. Um, I think Robinson was a former soldier, did four tours of duty in Northern Ireland. That's not him, by the way, on the right. That's someone else. Uh, he believes that swimming with Newfoundland dogs has totally transformed his mental health. Swimming with dogs. The dogs don't judge you. All they want to do is look after you. It keeps me happy for two or three days. What a sweet thought. Swimming with dogs. Problem with Toffee is she'd always try and bite you and fetch you and try and bring you back. But I have to say I filmed with Newfoundland. They're so gorgeous. There's nothing like a slow motion shot of a Newfoundland shaking water off it. This one isn't evil looking. And it's so sweet, isn't it? Swimming with a dog. Oh, uh, what do you think this woman, what do you think this woman is notable for? What do you think this woman is doing here? What do you think she's up to? What do you think her skill is? What do you think her talent is? Hey, well, this woman's talent is she's a what they call a battle rapper at sixty six. She's a battle rapper. I kid you not. She uh, she said um, 
Looking up at the young man standing over her finger, jabbing at his chest, the 66-year-old lets rip. I'm going to achieve what cancer couldn't achieve. She spits out. I'm going to leave you, your parents bereaved. Uh, basically, she goes to these kind of, these kind of, they're like sort of sparring matches for rappers. And she's a battle rapper. Yeah, the genre involves trading boasts and vicious insults through wordplay. Um, Omar, a Canadian rapper and cancer survivor, was just the latest man torn into through her rhymes. Um, she just she just goes for it. Every time she turns up at a, a rapping battle in pubs and basement clubs, bouncers try to direct her to the bingo. And she'll, uh, they'll say something like, there's going to be some swearing. And I'll say, yeah, it's going to be me doing the fucking swearing. Biatch. I think we found something. Battle rapping, it's like angry. It's like, imagine having sort of martial arts, but you stand opposite each other, rapping at each other. Mum, I think we might have found a new pastime for you in your old age. We could, we, me and my mum sort of battle rap in the garden, don't we? Battle rapping. She's a battle rapper, guys. There she is when she was younger. Probably didn't even, I think rapping to that young girl was probably just rapping a Christmas present. Um, but yeah, weird. Oh, look at this chap. He's sweet, isn't he? Curious lines snatched on a GoPro at the National Masai Mara National Reserve, Kenya. Oh, I just want to stroke his nose, but your arm would get bitten off. <sighs> oh, look at him. Brown bear looks like he's giving a friendly uh, wave, but then he charges it. Where's this? This is in Turkey. This is in Turkey. Uh, and for those of you listening on podcast, this is a shot of a giraffe lifting its hind legs so high and kicking its colleague in the neck. So there you go. There you go. So there were your Saturday papers, guys. That was really nice just, just, just sitting with you guys. Um, oh, look, Reese Roberts just says, uh, I'm shooketh. Battle rapping is one of the hardest forms because you have to freestyle and intimidate your opponent on the spot. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Nanny Die, battle rapper. I can see, I think we should take Nan. Mum, you love poetry. Rapping is poetry. We're going to take my mum to a battle rapping uh, tournament and we're going to let her go. Um, anyway, guys, so as I say, in 15 minutes, the Curly Cooks is going to be landing on the channel. Um, it's premiering. Not entirely sure if Nads or Dina were going to be able to uh, be on the premiere, but uh, we'll all be looking in where we can. And tonight at six, there will be a home time. So um, that was fun. Uh, it's a shame Nanny Dyer wasn't here. I could have popped it. I like this new facility to pop your comments up. It's really nice. It, it makes you the star of the show. And it gives, obviously, for those of you listening, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But there we go. Um, but anyway, guys, have a lovely day and lots of stuff to entertain you on the channel today. Hope you have fun. 